0: Are they from out of town, oh, no. trying to go somewhere trendy? Yeah. A little, little too local. <laughs> yeah. Nashville has a really solid bar scene, like local bar scene. Yeah, you
1: you you can kind of get whatever you want. You know, like if you're yeah. looking to do real cocktail, yeah, speakeasy thing, plenty of those options. But you can also get like real divey.
0: Like the only thing
1: on tap is like Miller High Life.
0: But the the nice thing is. Like really anywhere off Broadway, it's not busy from like a touristy standpoint. No. So you go to you go to East or you go over there. Like I, there's a few areas that you can go to and it's just people that live here. Mm-hmm. You don't have much. I don't know.
1: It's I mean, nice. even in East Nashville, I mean, I, I don't know that other than like Pearl Diver, I've ever stood in a line anywhere.
0: No, attaboy. True. is tricky to get into at a certain That's time of true. But they also kind of set it up to feel a little exclusive. <laughs> yeah, it's it's small. They want you to knock it's on the small. door. They want you know, they want the whole thing. Yeah. It's small. I do love Attaboy though. Dude. I haven't been there in a while. We went a couple months ago. Yeah. Love that place. Depends Old Glory can get a little busy too.
1: Yeah. That one always I Depends don't know. Depends what time of, time of day. I don't know what kind of tourist uh, traffic they get. But it definitely has like a place to be seen, to see or be seen vibe to yeah. it. I do love Old Glory though. Yeah. It's cool. It, I would say it's the most unique uh, bar architecturally
2: in town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard I've never to...
1: seen a bar like that.
0: No. It's cool. I just like Attaboy because I feel like I'm in Star Wars kind of. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very industrial in that way. Yeah, it makes me feel like I'm in Star Wars. And they're like, and your old-fashioned will be $16. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. It. Yeah, what are you feeling? An old-fashioned? Hmm, yeah. I have I have a better way to make that old-fashioned. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then sometimes it's good, but other times you're like, yeah, this, I wish I would have just had an old-fashioned. Like,
1: that's what I, I, I asked for. When I see, when I go to like a a bar that has like, you know, they, they, put some effort into like their cocktail menu and whatever else. And there's not an old fashioned on the menu. I typically feel better about ordering one because it's like all those people are like trained bartenders. They know how to make a great old fashioned. Mm-hmm. But when you see one on the menu, I need to see what's in it. Cause it's like, you're going to put something weird in it or it's
0: pre-made. Oh, that's true. Or just super sugary, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, that- that's typically, oh yeah, a lot of like touristy type places will have the more sugary one. Yeah. Because, you know, people aren't used to it. They're like, oh, old-fashioned. I've heard of that before. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that makes you feel fun and like an adult, like a man. Or like, you feel like Don Draper when you yeah, drink one. manly man. <laughs> I do. My my I like a Manhattan better than an old-fashioned.
1: Those can get so, I don't, bitter's not the right word, but just very like syrupy if it's made bad. True. True. But you're right. I do like it i enjoy manhattan on the rocks which is not Mm. how they serve it you can always
0: order it that way I always have it up so i feel like a fancy person
1: yeah but i also realized i I enjoy martini on the rocks too it's just a way to order it they just put it on ice essentially or they give you the ice they shook it over Mm. um it's just a different vibe Mm. anyway
2: Um, construction right
0: yeah construction dirt talk monday edition (laughs) nothing but dirt and trucks And blue-collar talk around here.
1: That's what we do. We would never. It was actually all a ruse at
0: the beginning. It was a ruse. Yeah. And now we've suckered them in. Now they're here. (laughs) Now you get to learn about the dirt world. Now they're driving behind the wheel of their F-250 Super Duty, (laughs) as we speak. (laughs) It's about 5.04 in the morning. Uh Still a little dark. Headed to work. Listening to two idiots. Who are not qualified hey, about Dirt World? Talk you, about Dirt World. You
1: can roll your eyes over the fact that Aaron and I have both ordered a sixteen dollar old fashioned cocktail. Yeah. In your
0: sixty thousand dollar truck. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about the whole th- people giving me shit for like fancy coffee and mm-hmm. fancy food and all that. Fuck that. If I like to eat well, I like to eat well. If I also like to go on a construction site, I like to go on a construction site. Like how? How are those two things not aligned? How? How? Are, I've seen the shit people in construction spend their money on. That's what I'm saying. People are spending I, their money somewhere. They're spending their money somewhere. So yeah, sorry. I don't, I don't have a fifth wheel. I don't have a boat. I don't have razors that I've dumped I've endless seen, amounts I've of seen money I've seen some in. of those side-by-sides, okay? Those are not $5. No, no, no. no they're worth more than oftentimes their trucks are. Yeah. So I don't have any of that. <laughs> I like to spend on nice food. I grew up eating nice food. Sue me. Sorry. I am who I am. Yeah. So I'm going to go have nice food. I'm going to go have a nice-ass breakfast or a nice ass coffee and then i'm gonna go to a coal mine why can't i do both why can't you do both it's my brand it is your brand it's also your prerogative Mm -hmm.
2: i mean
1: why not get into what you're into I, i mean in a lot of ways i think there's probably a broader um or there's probably value to the broader mission of like trying to bring folks together who like if you have this thing in common, it doesn't matter if you, these other interests of yours don't also cross over with those things. Yeah. But it's just like if, if you think moving dirt is cool,
0: you could also have any other interests ever in the world. It's just, it's weird that you have to be a lot of times, and it's not with the younger people, but with some of these more traditional guys, you have to be one of the guys. You have to be this, this tough guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't get that. Why? Why? We're trying to develop the workforce here. So we need to go beyond the, uh, the traditional mindset here or else we're screwed and that only screws everybody. Yeah. Everybody loses there. <laughs> it's not like you're still a tough guy and you're winning over here. It, no, everybody gets screwed in the process. So why don't we think a little bit bigger? Why don't we open our minds to, hey, yeah, that guy might not look like they should be on the construction site, but they want to be here. They work hard. So what's the problem? What's the deal? Or that woman or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the problem? I don't see a problem. You posted, it might've been on TikTok or Instagram
1: or whatever, um, a bit just talking about uh, like investing in your people workforce development. And I feel like it got a lot of, mm, I was surprised by some of the comments. Mm. Um, actually, Harrison, insert that clip here.
2: The
0: construction industry invests almost nothing in people. And then they wonder why they have a workforce problem.
2: I just. hmm.
1: Okay. What prompted you to like go off specifically like that day about that?
2: I just get
0: annoyed every once in a while, or I'll just be thinking about something. Like, yeah, the the whole, whole industry, our biggest problem is workforce. And yet there's almost no investment in workforce across the board. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect? It doesn't take genius to figure that one out. Yeah, And I get it. I get it. Margins are razor thin. They've never had to invest in the workforce before. That's a new concept. I understand all of that. But at what point are we going to sit down, take the damn bull by the horns and say, yeah, this is our problem to solve. Let's go do it. I've seen companies do it. Miraculously, do they have a workforce problem right now? Nope. They don't. But they're still dragged down. By all of the other companies that do, because mm-hmm. we're all on the same team. Yeah, you, I feel like you spoke
1: about that recently on a podcast about how it it makes more and more sense for like the entire industry to kind of like try to sit on the same side with people who are kind of deemed their competitors, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really interesting because we've talked. A little bit about um, building your workforce and, you know, hiring using that approach um, where it's, you know, like, is the dirt world's losing people to other industries? So the, the industry needs to kind of be on the same side from a hiring perspective. But you were speaking about it just in general.
2: Yeah.
0: Everybody's out to go kick the shit out of each other. It's like, well... That mentality is kind of driving a lot of the problems we're in right now. Mm-hmm. We need to be thinking, like together, the enemy is not. In here, the enemy is out there. The enemy is all the other industries, some of the other industries that we work for, that don't give a shit. They're just grabbing all the people they need. And it's frustrating because a lot of these other industries offer no value to these people, other than just money. Mm-hmm. Their careers suck. And yeah, construction's not perfect. There's a lot of work we need to do as an industry, but at least we have a compelling why. Yeah. At least we can give people the opportunity to go out and make a difference every day with what they do. That's something most, in, a, a lot of other industries can't, can't say. And that drives me nuts mm-hmm. that these people are stuck in a bank, in the financial industry or in the real estate industry or in fulfillment or big tech, whatever it is, they're stuck in these worlds and they're miserable. And there's this other amazing world out there full of just class act people, humble, hardworking people, full of badass equipment, full of community impact that's starving for people. It's like, how, why why can't we connect those dots? Mm -hmm. That should be somewhat straightforward that that's possible to do.
1: Maybe I said with like our media team, we had a call. Talking about how much interest there's been on social media and things like that about people who want to watch long form uh, clips of just equipment running with like nothing else happening. No music, no cuts, n- nothing. And to me, like, that's just got me thinking a lot about being being on the job site and like seeing that stuff. Like there is like something to that it's like it doesn't need to be dressed up it doesn't need and you've been really clear about that from the beginning it's like Mm -hmm. we need this approach always needs to be simple but to me like that's like i don't really know what it it says about not just build approach but kind of the the approach like you you're saying everybody being on the same team but like there's not nothing needs to be adorned in order to You know, bring more people into this world; more people to have better understanding for this world. It's almost like it just shows that the real part
0: that doesn't get dressed up is all that's like really important there. That's always been the premise of the business: is like we just need to show people what the hell goes on, yeah, in these places. That's the the concept. Is if you've been if you're if you're somewhere that no one has ever been with a camera before, it's not very hard to create compelling content because no one's ever seen it. It's novel. That's what we do we bring cameras to places that don't typically have cameras. That, honestly, a lot of places have never been, they've never been professionally photographed. They've never had professional video people at, Mm -hmm. creating legitimate content. A lot of this stuff, we take it for granted because we see it all the time, but most people don't see it.
1: One thing uh, one of our guys did this week, which I don't want to let the cat out of the bag or like say who they saw, they put a GoPro on a drag line
0: -hmm. I haven't heard if they
1: actually got it back because I saw it. He said he found it. He said it was fine.
0: Wow, it was a little bold.
2: I Uh, I would agree. That might disappear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it might be cool, and we just might never see it, though. Uh Um, I would say that's maybe one of the clips I'm most excited to see. Um, because like that, like you're saying, like that's an angle no one's ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's brand new, and so that's easy to like make quote unquote compelling content. Because nobody knows what it looks like, or yeah. even the people who do, like that—that that is such a small, small club. I'm mm-hmm. um, letting people into that. I think is a super exciting thing to get to be a part of, which is kind of what we do. It's like just kind of bring people into like saying, "See, see what these people are doing. Like mm-hmm. This is
0: rad." Yeah, I've—I've, yeah, I've, for whatever reason, I've been on more drag lines than just about everybody in anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. It's weird um, because you, you, we get to tour to all these places, but. No one even knows how a dragline moves around. Yeah, so we've had to make videos lately about here is how a dragline walks. Like we just did the other day when we were in Pennsylvania. There was a big old dragline behind us. It was funny. We were filming, and I was just chuckling because we're sitting on the tailgate of a pickup truck in Pennsylvania in coal country, shooting some stupid video. And there's a dragline walking behind us. Like why are we? <laughs> why are we looking at <laughs> just, us from like a just a backdrop standpoint? Like, yeah. it doesn't get any more ridiculous than that. Um, but that was part of the video was explaining how the drag line walks itself and it just kind of scoots itself along the ground. Most people don't even know that's a thing, let alone what the hell a drag line does or how it works. Yeah. I'm sure there are plenty of people like, how did that even get there in the first place? Yes. Yeah. You don't just put it on a trailer and drive it down the <laughs>
1: yeah. You don't just hook it. <laughs> it's a you process.
0: Put it on your, tra- your, uh, your hitch and just roll right up. It's then. a process. They had one in Florida and they had to move it from one pit to a new pit. The problem was there were these transmission lines in the way that are super important to this part of Florida. Sure. And so they went to the power company, and the power company they asked, "Hey, could you guys move the power lines?" And they were like, "No." And they're like, "Could you guys turn the power lines off for a little bit and just remove them and then put them back?" No. Not happening. So what they had to do is they had to basically dismantle the entirety of the drag line down to (laughs) just the components that made it walk. So everything else that wasn't related to walking got removed from it. And then they walked it right underneath. And then they had to reassemble and rebuild the entire machine before it would be back and running. How long does that take? It was months. Because they they rebuilt the machine in the process. So it's basically a brand new machine. Holy cow. Yeah, it's a monster dragline. It's a it's a, I don't know what kind of dragline it really is. It might be like an 8200. It's a sizable machine. I f- Maybe not an 8200. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like there is like a certain breed of, of
1: fanboy when it comes to draglines.
0: There's totally a dragline subculture.
1: Yeah. Really fascinating
0: to me. Yeah. Dragline subculture. For sure. It's a very cool thing to be a huge fan of. <laughs> They're dinosaurs too because there are not new drag lines getting built. There's new smaller ones, but the big ones, mm-mm. you don't just go buy one of those anymore. You buy it used and you rebuild it, but th- it's a diminishing amount of those big drag lines. And a lot of them are just sitting idle. It's kind of sad. Just because they aren't don't have the same utility they once
1: did or it's cheaper to use a smaller one yeah, five because, times as
0: much? No, because there's just been this war on coal. So sure. you shut the mine down and you don't just move the machine you have to go completely dismantle it to move it <laughs> yeah like you said you don't just hook it to the back of your truck
2: and drive yeah, home yeah. yeah so
0: oftentimes it'll just sit there until someone buys it 15 years down the road to go rebuild it and put it back into use but by f- there's no cheaper way to move dirt than that I mean technically you could probably find a cheaper way but uh, I don't know I don't know if conveyor beats it no probably not it's, it is like way less than a dollar per yard wow yeah. pretty super, efficient super cheap yeah that's pretty cool mm-hmm. more dragline content
1: always yep we'll work on it uh, i got a couple questions for the dirt talk podcast right here
2: Great. <clears throat> <Great. clears throat>
1: so we get a good bit of question i, I combined like five questions whoa into one because whoa. the way they get asked are essentially yes or no questions <sighs> do you like to here? yes it's not, it's not that that is not included in this. But, uh, so my question is what kinds of companies actually make up the dirt world?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So the dirt world, the term, the dirt world completely made up. Did you make it up?
0: I like to think so. Cause I do see it get used. And so I wonder, Well, that's the funny, so it's starting to get used everywhere. I start, I'm starting to see it everywhere and it's exciting cause it's like, I think we did that. Because it wasn't a thing before I started talking about it. We just made it up. And because it, people would just say construction? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We needed dirt a term moving. to explain the companies we worked with. Mm-hmm. So we made it up first year of business. Yeah. Now, I'm sure we're not the first people to put dirt and world together. Um, that said, I think we did make it mainstream, which okay. I'm pretty excited about. Sure. It was just the other day. Someone that I hear it all the time now. It's like a common common term that's thrown around. Uh, but dirt world, it goes back to just my love for anything earth-moving. Yeah, I love bulldozers, I love loaders, I love excavators. Anything that moves dirt, super super game with. When you start getting into residential construction, framing, and cranes for vertical construction, all that, I'm like, eh, it's kind uh, of a different thing. Yeah, to it's, you. it's a different industry. One and two, it just doesn't get me going as much. So when I started out, I'm just going to focus on earth-moving contractors. So dirt world, easiest earth-moving contractors. Any contractor that moves dirt is within the dirt world. And then we started to go out into really just infrastructure as a whole. Mm -hmm. So heavy civil construction within the dirt world, pipeline, underground utilities, landfills, anything that's kind of horizontal infrastructure that has to do with the earth, Building roads, bridges, airport runways, that kind of thing, I think all applies within the dirt world. Anything heavy equipment related has somewhat become the dirt world. Demolition. So that's kind of what we've settled upon. Mining, Mm -hmm. uh, of course. Anything that uses equipment to move material around on planet Earth. Heavy equipment uh, is somewhat the dirt world, but primarily mining earth moving infrastructure is really what the dirt world is and it's a made up term so we can yeah i mean because really the question i think is
1: what is your definition for that
0: um it's just we don't go into general contracting that's a world i don't want to venture into we don't go into residential construction uh like hvac and and plumbing and and none of that so it's Anything that's infrastructure related, food, water, shelter, the three basic needs of any human, that's the world in which we live in. So we provide the foundation for all the shelter, all of the utilities for, for water, food, you know, the infrastructure for something to get from the farm to someone's house. That's the
1: world we live in. There is one thing that I think is curiously absent from your definition. Agriculture, just pretty
0: distinctly out of what we do yeah so agriculture it's just a different world yeah everything we do could apply to agriculture um the thing with agriculture is it's just it's consolidated a lot so you have these super companies uh doing a lot of the ag now it's Mm -hmm. more of a global market it's just it's a different it's a different world well, like to like tiny gas. little
1: small towns and the majority of like the real agriculture like business happening is like massive companies doing it. Yeah,
0: it's typically it's it's all consolidated typically. Mm-hmm. And then um, oil and gas is also somewhat of a it's a gray area. So yeah. there's a lot of earth moving and infrastructure work for oil and gas that we've covered, but oil and gas in its purest form is, is a different industry as well. We like to stay in our lane because the dirt world, as I've found, it speaks a specific language. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanna say, hey, we, we speak your language because we only focus on you. Yeah. And that's what's added, I think, to our quote
1: unquote success so sure. far. But uh, I think what's interesting, you know, as the company was first getting going, it was mostly just like a services and marketing um, business for companies that we like you know said we're in the dirt world mm-hmm. and I think what's interesting about uh, build it training which is its its own thing it is software it is like a product that we're selling yeah that there I, I, I would say that there's definitely some stuff on there that does apply probably a little bit more broadly now than maybe it, initially our service offerings did offerings did
0: yeah and we've we've accepted it like if a General contractor wants to use Build-A-Training. That's there's probably fine. a ton of value there. Yeah, yeah, there's still a ton of value. There's a lot of leadership, communication, safety. All of that is pretty universal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if someone else wants to use it, great, but we're tailoring it to civil construction, mm-hmm. earth moving, anything within the infrastructure world, that's where we live right now within build with training and we're just anticipating to focus there. We have no ambition to go outside of that yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. I
1: think to me that the more we've kind of dug in our heels to that a little bit, the more it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, it, there is a very specific language and the the more like broad we make our offering, I think the more difficult it becomes to focus in that way.
0: Yeah. It, it serves um, as a benefit to our business and the industry, the dirt world hasn't adopted technology because the technology companies don't speak their language. So we need to make it, you know, buy them for them and mm-hmm. that's what's going to earn everybody's trust and get us in the door, which it, it is, yeah. you know, Build-A-Training has been selling for months now very, very well. So uh, we, because we built the trust. So if we were, but if we were going to serve other industries too, we'd start eroding that trust and it's just not worth it. So the only way in really is to focus on the industry.
1: I f- one thing that I think is exciting about the way that we're continuing to like figure out exactly what build it training is going to become. Like we already know we have all these courses and all of these um, tracks for, you know, learning different things. And yet like we're still, I think it was this week or maybe uh, maybe it was last week. We had a couple people out at a cat dealer, just like practicing things about for like next courses. Mm Mm-hmm that it wasn't it wasn't filming it wasn't any of that it was just like all right how can this like have more value for like the next time we
0: go through this well they were they were really trying to figure out just how do we teach this
2: stuff yeah which to me that's pretty cool yeah they had
0: jay teach someone how to run an excavator and did not know how at all did not know how and they sat there and basically because it's that's that's one of the big problems with training and passing education down it's just in people's heads and it's hard to explain yeah because it's more so well. Someone didn't teach me, I just basically learned through trial and error is kind of the industry standard right now, and then maybe I was yelled at every once in a while, which is what informed my behavior yeah which which what told me not to do that one thing, yeah, so because they were they were not taught how to run a machine, they can't necessarily teach how to run a machine, yeah, they can run a machine extraordinarily well, but if I said, "Can you teach me how to do this?" they would struggle because they they don't know how to put it into words, mm-hmm. and so that's what we're tasked with is how do we take all of this knowledge that the industry has in their damn heads and this high level expertise yeah and put it into words Mm -hmm. that someone can take and put into practice in another place i don't know the right answer we're still figuring that out but uh we have to be focused on the industry to figure it out in the first place there's no chance of success if we look anywhere outside the dirt world and trust me we've had so many opportunities to go outside the dirt world it's not even funny Every time, ah, we just, we don't do that. Making the dirt world a better place. It's in the mission. If it's not in the dirt world, mm-mm, not about it.
1: Yeah, and I think what has really clarified that for me is the more that, like I said, we, we double down on that, the more we dig our heels on that, I think the easier it is to say, this is why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And not just, this, sorry, that's what we do. Sorry, it's just what we do. Which I think is like, you know, we do have to say it that way. But we yeah. But if you say nice to, way, we also have to justify it within our own company of like, correct. here's why we don't.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it, initially, it was it's because I like it, which doesn't really work anymore. <laughs> yeah. But there's a strategic reason for it. Yeah. And I well, you've had to get better at saying why.
2: Yeah.
1: But I still just like it. Yeah. Mm. That's fair. It's called build wit. Yeah. You know. So third world. Third world. Uh, thanks for digging in that. Pretty cool. Yeah, so when I when I say we've got multiple questions, there's a lot of like, do you do you not consider agriculture part of the dirt world? Because you know it's just like I feel like we, and that's why I don't ask that on the podcast because it's kind of weird. The judge,
0: (laughs) jury, and executioner when it comes to what is and isn't within the dirt world. He's he's just trimming all of it. See, when you when you uh, if you don't like the rules to the game you're playing, you make up a new game. And if you make up a new game, you get to make up the rules. True. We are making up our own game. We are making up our own rules. We can make the rules whatever the hell hell we please. If you don't like the rules, sorry, dude, go make your own game. Go make your own. Build with for the agriculture world because I don't want anything to do with it. Have at it because the agriculture world, everybody knows they need what we're doing for the dirt world, so go for it. Like Our model applies in all these other industries. It's just that... We're not going to be successful if we go try to do it for all the other industries, but that's not to say it doesn't need to be done. So go do it.
1: It's simple as that. And and what I think is fun is our "quote unquote" secret sauce is a pretty public sauce, and it's hire people who've been in the industry.
0: Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, and the the combo. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah,
1: but um, you we've gotten some uh, I would say spirited communications about how if we only had. Um, I'm trying to say this kindly if only had certain kinds of people who had more experience in the industry then we would be able to like get in the door with larger companies or whatever it is and it's like we've hired some people from the industry who understand and we also bring in people who have no idea mm-hmm. and like marry those two people together business wise Um, because we have a broader goal that can't be uh accomplished using just like one type of experience
0: yeah like a whole construction company of laborers it's not worth shit.
1: Well, they're going to be good at uh, construction.
0: They're going to be good at laboring. But laboring. <laughs> no one's going to get paid. There's going to be no permits. There's going to be no work. No materials. Like, it, you can't go build anything if everybody's a laborer. Yeah. There's, a, there's roles and responsibilities. And it's not that because that person is estimating, they don't work as hard as you in the field. Yeah. From a physical standpoint, they don't work as hard as you. But that's not to say they don't work hard. Estimating is brutal. Estimating is gnarly from yeah. a just an emotional and mental standpoint. It's a tough job. And you need that person estimating to keep the work out in front of the people building it. Everybody serves a role. And they all require skill, just different skills. Yeah, it's just the us versus them mentality. It's I get it. We're tribal. I get it. We're programmed to think us versus them. And I need to be part of my tribe. But I promise you that thinking does you a disservice. Mm-hmm. It only screws you over. It only screws you. So the quicker you can throw that away and just think, okay, how can I leverage everybody's unique skill set to make this a reality, to build this job, the better off you're going to be. Because those people that don't work hard in the field or work hard in the office, they're the ones making sure you get a fucking paycheck every week. That's probably pretty important to you and your family. So, oh, you like a paycheck? Well, then think twice before you sit there and say, ah, they just don't work hard or whatever it is. Well said. Yeah. Love it. Uh, thanks to all the folks who send in questions that
1: go into uh, broader conversations like that. Thank or you very or much. the
0: people that that I, I don't I don't work hard on online. Like oh, oh you just run around and take pictures like that's the mm. easiest gig in the world. I'm like, like okay dude, first of all <laughs> you can come with me on one of these trips if you want. Like I promise you we will kick the shit out of you. It is gnarly. It is gnarly. Just getting to the places we do the schedule we work we don't show that though. It's not it, it, and it seems yeah because it's just part of it. I I don't work hard when I get to these sites. I'm taking pictures. I understand that. But the amount of effort it takes to just get into that position. And then you're going to talk shit about a guy that's making you look good and getting society to respect what you do. It's like, I'm not out there taking pictures to go fuck you over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like oh, yeah. trying to find safety infractions to then go get you chewed out by yeah. your, your boss. I'm going to post man. this on my like, Instagram and be like, what a loser. <laughs> I'm, I'm there to help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there, I'm there to, to throw you a bone here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, here we are. But All whatever. goofy yeah. stuff. Uh, well, thanks, y'all,
1: for sending those questions. I got one more from Josh. He says, I started my own excavation and grading outfit, and I'm preparing to make my first hire. I'm sure we're going to figure out how to lead a one man crew. Any tips?
0: Don't think about it that hard. Don't think <laughs> about it that hard. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, that's it for a podcast. There you go. I mean, it's 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 nerve wracking hiring somebody, and I think it's good to respect I uh, respect it, and it's good to look at it as a a definitely a, a responsibility, but don't don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Kind of just pencil out. You know, what kind of culture you want to build, even though you don't have a culture yet, even though it's just you pencil out what you value, what's important to you um, and and go from there and talk to people. And if you think they they resonate with you, you resonate with them. Great. Try it out. If it doesn't work, doesn't work. It sucks. One of the worst parts about business. But then what did I learn from this? And what were the things they were doing that I need to make sure the next person doesn't have? And then you you iterate. So ideally you knock it out of the park, like, um, and, and you can try people out too. Like my, one of my first hires, Angel, I have him out on a shoot in Virginia. The guy gets delayed flying out there from California and I have to, we were flying into Richmond, but we needed to be in Roanoke, which is like three hours away. It's a little ways away. Yeah. So he sleeps in DFW airport that night. I the go, only time he's ever done it, by the way. He's never slept in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport ever no. again. yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> Very first trip. Yeah, And I have to go to Roanoke because there's still a job to do. Mm-hmm. I try to get him set up with a rental car, but for whatever reason, he couldn't get a rental car. So then he Ubers from Richmond to Roanoke, Oof. gets to Roanoke, and then without a, without a question, starts shooting. And I'm like, okay, well, that's all I need to know. I that guy's got it. Yeah. So is there a way you can put people into a realistic work situation before you hire them? Uh, And if so, that's probably a pretty good way to do it. Mm. And you can probably get away with that as a one man band. So is there a way that you can have them come out and work with you for a day? And so you can see how they work and how they act because you can start to learn a lot more about a person than just one conversation when you can just watch them do what they're going to be doing for you. Mm -hmm. So I might suggest that if you can make that a reality. I don't totally know his situation.
1: Um, So I'm going to ask a little bit more broad question. If you're going from one to two people in that way, are you typically hiring somebody that does all the same things you do so you can just cover more ground? Are you hiring somebody who... Maybe is less expensive than you. Who does some of the, like is is it just kind of depends on what you're looking to not do anymore?
0: It depends. Or you just you you not that you not do it. You're probably gonna keep doing what you're doing. There's just demand is exceeding your capabilities. So yeah, I guess you're you're not just like expanding your company because you want to have a bigger
1: company now. It's like
0: yeah yeah you're like trying to do all the things you have opportunities to do exactly. Bringing Angel okay. and Chell on a few years ago. I needed to just expand my capacity. Yeah. So brought Angel and Sean. So I didn't, I didn't stop doing what I was doing. I was only doing more of it when they came on, Mm -hmm. but I was expanding my capacity because now instead of me showing up on site, I had two other people with me. And so Cho was also shooting photos. Angel was doing video. We could just do more. So I just, it's never too early to start defining your culture because if you don't define it, It is just going to turn into a monster and it's it's going to grow by itself. It's going to grow by itself and it's going to grow in weird ways. Yeah. So first few hires are critical, but if you make mistakes, that's okay too. Do your best and try not to make the mistakes. But if you make mistakes, you make the mistakes. It sucks. We made a lot of mistakes. Um, And it's not that any of the people we brought on that didn't work out were bad. It was just that they weren't the right fit for our business and what our business needed at that time. So it's not even a, a, it's not even a, against them. And it's like, I know it's so easy for me as the employer to say it's not personal. It's really genuinely not personal, or at least I haven't had a situation that's Mm -mm. personal. Um, But obviously it's their career, so it's going to be very personal to them. But I would go in it with a caring attitude, try to define what you're looking for, try to try them out before you hire them. If you hire them, if it works out, fantastic. Give people time. Don't be so quick on people that, oh, he's not working out the first day. I got to go fire him. I've learned you got to give people time, yeah, because they could be they could have been abused at the previous companies, so give people time, but if they're really not working out, then make your make your call, learn from it, and keep going on well said
1: mm-hmm. we we do get a good bit of questions um, one way or another, going from how do I bring people into this thing yeah. that I'm
0: doing just just go into it I just ask people, I wish more people approached it like this. It's not a burden. It's a wonderful responsibility mm-hmm. to hire people and to create. Like, and I've had, I have to remind myself that all the time. Like Skylar, he had a kid the other day. That kid, like that's a new kid that technically depends upon me and that I help support. And he didn't even ask you if you could do that. No, And that's a big <laughs> deal. Like that is a, that is an immense responsibility Mm. and one that is really near and dear and special to me and that's how I treat it is I'm I it's a it's a privilege to have everybody that we do at our company so approach it with that mindset if you approach people from a negative mindset you're going to have a negative time with people but if you approach it from a positive standpoint it's going to be fun it's going to be great you're going to end up with a lot of great people as a result imagine that yeah so even just your mindset, just be careful with your mindset about hiring people. Love it. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Aaron, for digging into that. Love it. Yeah. I think that's a podcast here in the Dirt Talk Studios.
0: That is a podcast. Um, I guess one other thing we can flip it to if you're going to work for somebody that is just one or two people, treat it like your business because like take your own ownership of it. Yeah. yeah. If they're not a piece of shit, which most people in the industry are not. Contrary to what people say, you're going to get cared for. Mm. So treat it like it's your own business. Um, and yeah, they're not going to be able to give you everything, but the opportunity with them is probably far greater than one of these big companies. So, for whatever that's worth, too, if you want opportunity, if you want excitement, if you want challenge, if you want to grow as a human being, you're probably best off working at one of those smaller companies.
1: Yeah. One thing I'm thinking about when, when you just kind of turn it on its head is, If you're coming into that situation, that's requiring a lot of like vulnerability from that person. Yes. Like if, if, if this is like their thing and they've been running this as a business just with them and they have to expand, it's not just like business, baby, we need more. Yeah. Like at some point they're having to be like, this is, I'm sure there's like. A little bit of it, like, their identity is tied up in that business. And if for they bring sure. somebody in, well, then it's no longer just their identity. I just feel like there's, if you're a person coming into that, like, I'm sure uh, coming in with, like, a little space for grace for that other person
0: is probably, like, a pretty healthy way to start. Grace, give them space and give them your trust. Yeah. Seriously. Trusting people goes so far, even when they haven't, quote, unquote, earned it. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, yeah, just give people space. Yeah, it's not your business anymore. There's other people there. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Yeah. Because the other people can do things better than you can. You can't do everything phenomenally well. Um, so, yeah. Love H- it. Hiring people. Highly recommend it. Consider it. It's cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So, that that is a podcast officially officially if you have any questions comments anything you'd like us to discuss on the Dirt Talk podcast send us a note at dirttalkatbillwit.com you can also do it on the Build It website or the Build It website if you have not checked out the vlog on YouTube check it out super fun we're full bore we're getting thousands of subscribers a week right now we're blowing up so fun freaking awesome Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good stuff on there you can basically see uh, every trip I go on on youtube from now on yep so thanks for following along thanks for listening we'll see you in the next one stay dirty everybody